Good morning. My name is Father Jim Wayner. I serve as the rector of Notre Dame Seminary in New Orleans, where Father Blake Dubrock for the past four years, where he completed his formation that brings us to this very happy day. First, I want to thank uh, Father Sibley, the pastor here of the parish, for your great hospitality, but for the ways in which you've assisted Father Blake and so many men uh, in their vocation. It speaks about your love for the priesthood and your love for priestly vocations. The Father Bordelon, who is the vocations director for the Diocese of Lafayette, he in some way is responsible uh, for the completion of Father Blake Dubrock's formation and for the many men, the seven, who were ordained yesterday. Thank you, Father Blake. Does that sound good, Father Blake Dubrock? What do you think? Does that sound, uh, I think it sounds good. I want to thank uh, Father Blake for the, uh, the honor of offering a few words this morning. He told me to only give one homily, so I'm going to try that this morning. The Caire du Bois. The Caire du Bois. This was a slang expression that the French Canadians had for the man who explores. The man who explores with risk, the Caire du Bois. Some of the American Indians heard that expression, the Caire du Bois, and had their own understanding. The man who runs wild in the forest, or the man who takes a risk in the wild. These were the earlier explorers who settled in the Upper Peninsula, across the plains, and even here in Acadiana. The Caire du Bois, the man who takes a risk. Today we celebrate all over the world this birthday of St. John the Baptist. One might even say the first Caire du Bois, the man who took a risk. And we who are people of faith, people of faith also as Christians, we take a risk because in our faith we recognize in all humility that everything we have belongs to God. Our life, our family, our friends, our vocations, it all belongs to him. And so while everyone has to ask the question, why am I here? Why did God create me? Where am I going? These are the questions that all people ask. But the Christian asks those questions in a more fundamental way. Jesus, what do you want of me? And we know as Christians that we'll follow Christ wherever he is and wherever he points to. God takes risks. He takes a risk with a teenage pregnant girl named Mary of Nazareth, whose birthday we celebrate on September 8th. A risk that in the faith of this teenager, the world would see the perfection of how to respond to God's plan. We celebrate another birth, December 25th, of course, the birth of Christ, where God empties his word, the word on the lips of the prophets, the word by which the kings of Israel would lead their people, 
the word by which the priest of the Old Testament would offer sacrifice. That word is emptied into the man Jesus, the word incarnate. And today, we celebrate on June 24th the birth of John the Baptist, who teaches the world a radical call to holiness, a radical call of how to be a witness to the kingdom of God. But you know, every birth, your birth, is a risk. God challenges us with how are you going to live your life? How has God blessed you in a way that speaks to the glory of God's creation? You know, it was 400 years went by when the last prophet would speak to the people of Israel. 400 years went by until the birth of St. John the Baptist. And God took a risk with this old couple named Elizabeth and Zechariah. This old couple looking for retirement, you might say, where the angel announces a new birth. And God relied on this old couple to fulfill their vocation. And God relied on the child John who would be the one to point out the Messiah as God relied again on a young, pregnant teenager named Mary of Nazareth. So now, my friends, the stage is set. The Carre du Bois, the young man John grows up, a man in the wilderness, a man who is called to explore, preaching in the wilderness, eating locusts and wild honey, cloaked and camel's hair, calling for repentance and baptism with a voice never heard before, because this preaching would have no compromise. This preaching would bring him to jail. But you know, the most important words, maybe, that would come off of the lips of this man named John the Baptist was when he sees Jesus walking on the shoreline and then says to his followers, John to his own followers, Ecce agnus dei. Look, behold, there's the Lamb of God. And those weren't just spiritual, biblical words. John gave his life for that announcement. Behold, this is the Lamb of God. That John would have the nerve, maybe the faith, to take the most important event of the Old Testament, where Hebrew people are slaves in Egypt, and the blood of the Lamb would be put on the doorpost as a sign that these Hebrew slaves believed. And the angel passed over that house, the Passover, that it was the blood of the Lamb that became a public sign of faith, that John the Baptist would point out a human being named Jesus and say, Ecce Agnus Dei. That's the Lamb of God. Maybe to some ears that was blasphemy, maybe heresy. But what John sets the stage for is the heart of a new priesthood, the core of a priesthood, the new covenant, the foundation by which Jesus would establish the priesthood, the Lamb of God.
And at, towards the end of this Mass, before you receive Holy Communion, after the Lord's Prayer and the sign of peace, Father Blake is going to lift up the chalice with the deacon and lift up the consecrated host, and he's going to repeat the words of John the Baptist from today and for the rest of his life to you and I. Ecce agnus dei. Behold, this is the Lamb of God. You know, the world doesn't always like that preaching, that this is the Lamb of God who brings salvation to the world. A lot of people want to find salvation elsewhere. They want to find happiness and life other than Christ and his church. And so the words of the Mass, which will now become the words and the foundation of Father Blake's priesthood, founded in St. John the Baptist, will now require the same risk that John took and that Father Blake now is willing to give his life for. And you know, John had to prepare for that day when he pointed out to his followers. His whole life had to prepare for that moment, that radical call to holiness, that radical call of self-denial. The same is required in the 21st century of Catholic priests today. And the radical call had to touch Father Blake's heart for him to respond. If this began in a Voiles parish as a young man where he was born, to the Fifth Ward, to Marksville, to Lafayette here, and with the great support of families from both his mom and his dad's side, Blake would begin to enjoy the blessings of life. Into high school as an athlete, and by his own admission, living the worldly style of life that a lot of young men live, but taking blessings that would take him to LSU, an active life of sports, learning, relationships and friendships that would take him to the business world, to Shreveport, back here to Lafayette. Very successful in the business world. A Cajun wife, maybe? A Cajun family? A large family? The world and the stage is now set for him. I was uh, reading his file a few weeks ago when he first came into the seminary six years ago, and it was interesting that in the application process six and a half years ago, he described that with all of those blessings that he had in his life, he used the expression, stage of contradiction. That's where he found himself six and a half years ago, a stage of contradiction. Hey, I'm doing well. I'm living life, faith, the desire for family, the desire for marriage. But it was a contradiction because what did God want? The gifts and the blessings that Father Blake was able to discern easily in his life. God, what do you want me to do with these? And the answer to that question could only be found with the church. And so in 2012, he entered the seminary, maybe hoping that Father Kevin or I would dismiss him. <laughs> maybe a young Cajun woman would come along and steal his heart. 
but the Lord's heart was what was being placed in Father Blake's heart. Our first reading today, Isaiah makes the same admission about his own vocation. He writes that I toiled in vain. I spent my strength uselessly. And then the Lord opened Isaiah's eyes and Isaiah was able to see that from my mother's womb, God called me with a sharp-edged sword he prepared me. And now he's made me, Isaiah wrote, a polished arrow. Blake awoke to God's mercy as God wants each one of us to open our eyes. What would drive John the Baptist into the desert to live this radical call that brought him to martyrdom? What would drive Father Blake and his six classmates to lay on the cathedral floor yesterday and promise a life of celibacy and obedience? What drives a priest in the 21st century to find happiness in self-denial? The answer is simple but profound. Ecce agnus dei. He is the Lamb of God. He is the way, the truth, and life. And as St. Peter would say, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of everlasting life. Where else would I go? And to you, my brothers and sisters, that's the good news this morning. Where are you going to go? He has the words of everlasting life. Back in spring 2012, when Father Blake was entering the seminary, I was coming to Louisiana as rector of Notre Dame. I'm from Pittsburgh, the other black and gold city, and I had to learn to embrace another black and gold and even a purple and gold with LSU. The conversion has been complete, by the way. In fall of 2014 is when Father Blake and his classmates would come to Notre Dame Seminary. I heard about him, and you know him, you know Father Blake, he's very determined, goal-oriented, self-assured, confident, very authentic. And so when he came to the seminary, he had high expectations of what the seminary was going to do for him and his classmates that would prepare him for yesterday and even for the celebration of today. And I want to say now to you, Father Blake, thank you for being a great son of the church. Because seminarians have to first be good sons of the church if they're going to be good fathers of the church. And Father Blake has been a great son of the church. And I know we're all here today to pray with the same confidence that he and his classmates will be great fathers of the church. Father Blake, when you came, his classmates and the whole seminary elected him to be the house president. And the house president of the seminary helps me and our staff and faculty to make the seminary a better place, to be the place where men can discover what God has in store for them. Father Blake, your leadership has made me a better spiritual father and has made Notre Dame Seminary a better place. Thank you for your leadership in those years. But you were not called to be in the seminary to stay there. You now, like John the Baptist, are the Cœur du Bois. You now are to be the voice in the desert. You are to live that radical way of life that everything you say and everything you do must point 
to Jesus. That's what St. John the Baptist taught us. And his birth that we celebrate today is a reminder of the new birth that each one of us has. Every time we receive Holy Communion, there is a new birth that awakens our souls in the body and blood of Jesus. Yesterday was a new birth of ordination for Father Blake and his classmates. And now, Father Blake, Our Lady, who has taught you very well and stands with you, is now going to teach you how to be a good spouse to your bride, the Holy Church. Your whole life now is grafted and configured to Jesus. Ecce Agnus Dei. Father Blake, you are now the Ker Dubois. Let us praise the Lord. God will provide. God bless you, Father Blake.